Tu Sivan, Bet Sivan, Tzadik, His Praise, 361. I was told that previously he had said that he had certain Torah teachings without garments. This means that he was unable to clothe them in any garment. He quoted the Talmudic dictum, The biblical text is a mere support, Psachim 81b. Meaning, the biblical text cited in the Talmudic passage in question is a mere support, a smachta, not the source for the enactment of the oral law under discussion. He went on to say, the Torah teaching rests upon the biblical text, just as a person may rest on something for support. And certainly, that which is being supported is greater than the supporter. Similarly, his perception of Torah was so exalted that it could not be clothed in any way except through an asmachta. Understand this. He said that the reason he had to struggle so much before he taught his lessons was because it was very difficult for him to bring his Torah ideas down and clothe them in garments and words in order to express them and reveal them. Prior to giving his lessons, he would sit with us for as much as an hour or two, and from his movements and groaning, it was clear that he was struggling. He would sit without speaking, but his movements betrayed the intensity of the struggle. Only afterwards, he would open his mouth and begin speaking. Once, I watched with my own eyes as he was beginning to teach us the lesson 9 Tikunim in Likutei Moharan 1, 20. He kept on repeating the words 9 Tikunim again and again, and each time he would give a strong pull at his beard with both hands. He almost pulled the hairs of his beard out because of his infinite awe and devotion at that moment. He said that anything he did in public was extremely difficult for him, and when he gave a lesson he felt as if his very soul would leave him as soon as the first word came from his mouth. He had the same feeling when he recited the Kiddush on Shabbat, that as soon as he would bring out the first word, his very soul would depart. Wisdom. His wisdom, 149. The Rebbe began telling the story on a Friday night. It all began because of a snuff box that was given to him by one of his followers. I had written to one of my friends about this and told him to remain happy. The Rebbe saw this letter and remarked, I will tell you how people once used to rejoice. Then he began the story. He told the beginning of the story, continuing until the end of the first day of the wedding when they speak to the blind beggar. All this occurred on a Friday night while I was home in Nemerov. On the following Tuesday, my friend came to my house and repeated the story. I was so astonished, I stood there trembling. Daniel 10.11 I had heard many stories from the Rebbe, but I had never heard anything like this. I immediately traveled to Breslov, but when I came to the Rebbe's house that night, he was already secluded in his room. On Wednesday morning, I went in to see the Rebbe and spoke with him at length. I told him some news about the surrounding areas, and the Rebbe then brought up the subject of the story he had begun the previous Friday night. The Rebbe said that he was anxious to know, that is, to tell, how the story continued and what happened on each of the seven days of the wedding feast. He also wanted to know what happened to the prince who inherited his kingdom during his father's lifetime. That's the episode that introduces the story. Even though the Rebbe was telling the story, he spoke as if he were hearing it himself. Book. Depression A. 17. When a person is depressed, he cannot achieve his goals. 18. Depression makes one despised. 19. When a person cries, he cannot eat. 20. Anyone who is never depressed but always happy will certainly gain prestige. 21. Depression brings degradation. 22. It is a good sign when a sick person cries. 23. Sadness causes a person's enemies to be elevated. 24. Sadness brings heartache. 25. The hasty person is a sad person. 
26. Closeness to tzaddikim makes the heart happy. 27. A segula for eliminating depression is to listen to an esteemed tzaddik singing. 28. A person who does not confess his sins will be beset by sighing. 1. Lesson number 132. 1. There is a tzaddik who is extremely renowned in the place where he lives, while in an adjacent area he is neither renowned nor respected at all. Then again, in another place he is quite renowned. However, the truth is that even in the place where he is neither renowned nor respected at all, there too the whole sustenance and vitality of that place comes through his agency. It is just that there this reality is hidden. This phenomenon is expressed in the Holy Zohar as a spring that comes forth from one place and rushes under the ground until it overflows and emerges at some other distant location. Even in the places where it moves underground, it still waters the roots of the trees. Zohar 3, 280. Lesson number 133. 1. The fact is that the Holy Torah and the true tzaddikim radiate enormously great light throughout all the worlds, and their light is thousands and thousands of times greater than this whole world and its vanities. But because people are deeply submerged in worldly vanities, since this is what appears most immediately to their vision, and since they imagine that there is nothing better than this, therefore this world, which is actually very small and minuscule, and of absolutely no substance or consequence whatsoever, stands in front of their eyes and prevents them from seeing the great and holy light of the Torah and the true tzaddikim. Just as if you were able to hold a small coin directly in front of your eye, you would not be able to see a large mountain, despite the fact that the mountain is thousands of times larger than the small coin. So too, this small world and the desire for wealth and more money stands in front of a person's eyes and prevents him from seeing the great light of the Torah and the tzaddikim. But if a person reflects upon this fact and really takes to heart that a tiny little thing like this is actually blocking him and preventing him from seeing such great lights, and all because it is directly in front of his eyes, then with the slightest effort he can easily push this world out of his line of vision. That is to say, he can turn his eyes away from this world and simply not look at it. Instead, he will lift up his head, raise his eyes, and look above this tiny little world which is obstructing and blocking his vision. Then he will at once merit to see the great and lofty light of the Torah and the true tzaddikim in all its fullness. Just as in the analogy of the coin, a person can easily remove the coin from before his eye, and he will immediately see the large mountain. The same thing is literally true when it comes to the world and the Torah. The Baal Shem Tov also spoke in the same vein when he said, Alas, alas, the world is filled with amazing and awesome lights and mysteries, but the small hand stands in front of the eyes and prevents people from seeing great lights. Lesson number 134. 1. A person must be extremely careful when teaching Torah publicly that his words should be divisible, such that each individual in the audience will hear only what he needs to hear and no more. And even though the person is speaking the same thing in front of everyone, only what is relevant and necessary for each individual is what should enter his heart. stories, the master of prayer. They spoke to the wise man about the people of the land which had erred and had become confused by the worship of wealth. They said, if all of us had been isolated and scattered only to make that land good again, it would be enough for us, since they have become so foolish and imbued with their error. Actually, all the factions were in error and confused, and needed to be brought back to the true goal. This was true even of the group that had chosen wisdom as a goal. Even this group had not attained the true goal, and still needed rectification and repentance. 
since they had chosen for themselves secular wisdom and heresy. Nevertheless, all the other groups were relatively easy to bring back from their errors. The group of money worshippers, however, were so immersed in it that it would be virtually impossible to get them out of it. The wise man also told them that he had heard from the king that it was possible to get a person out of any desire except for the desire for wealth. If one had fallen into that desire, one can only be brought out through the path of the letters, year one, letter number 170. With thanks to God, Wednesday night, Bishalach 5595, Krakow. Greetings to my honored, beloved son, Rabbi Yitzchak, may he live. I already wrote you that I reached Kremenshug on Thursday night, Torah reading Vaera. There I found your letters telling me that the holy books had been returned, thank God, and this greatly encouraged me. On Friday, the following day, I sent you my letter, and until yesterday I was in Kremenshug. All that time I did not receive a single letter, neither from Breslov nor from Uman, and I do not know what to think. It must be that during a time of suffering such as this, God have mercy, we need to have this pain as well. But my consolation amidst my destitution is that by God's kindness and enormous miracles, they succeeded in getting out the books. What can I give back to God? How good is the lot of Rabbi Shmuel Weinberg that he was able to have a redemption of captives such as this accomplished through his agency. Ashrehem, happy are all those who took part in this. Happy are all those who gave money for this redemption of souls and of the Holy Torah. Woe to them, and woe to the souls of these informants with their false charges. They have rebelled and sinned against the honor of the to- God, the honor of the Holy Torah, the honor of the Baal of blessed memory, and his holy students, and the honor of our master, teacher, and Rebbe of blessed memory, all of whose holy books were impounded as a result of their treachery. May God pay back the evildoer according to his evil. And in his great loving kindness, let him have compassion on us poor persecuted paupers. May he quickly save us for the sake of his great and holy name in which we hail. For his great name is found in the name of the true tzaddik, as explained in the lesson in the beginning in the sight of all Israel, Likuti Moharan 2, 67, which I spoke about last Shabbat Hanukkah, and to which I added a few finishing touches here. I was already prepared to go today, but God, in his compassion, arranged that I should be extremely busy, and so ended up traveling past the post office with Rebbe Ephraim, may his light shine. Rebbe Ephraim went in, and there he found two of your letters. One was written on Sunday, Bo, and the other on Thursday, Bo. I was quite overwhelmed by God's enormous loving kindness, and I quickly went to Rebbe Ephraim's house. I read each letter carefully through twice. I do not have to tell you how your letters affected me. Distress and comfort, weeping and song. You can grasp only a little of this, but not all of it. At the time, I was extremely preoccupied with crossing the Dnieper River and preparing to spend the night. It is two or three hours after dark, and I just arrived here in Krakow. I am writing this letter immediately upon my arrival, and I am extremely busy and preoccupied with a number of things, your letters in particular. People are also coming here to welcome me. Still, I have postponed everything, and I am making myself write you immediately whatever response God puts under my pen. Year 2. Letter number 408. Greetings to all our comrades, in particular to my illustrious friend Reb Nachman, may his light shine, grandson of our master, teacher, and Rebbe of blessed memory. I received your letter when I returned from Kermenshug, and God willing, when I come home and we get together, I will tell you everything. At the moment, there is absolutely no time. I understand your words, your cry, and your lament very well. 
both over your livelihood and also over your essential livelihood, your spiritual livelihood. In particular, that you should avoid becoming a debtor to God, God forbid. He is the great lender whose store is always open and the shopkeeper gives credit, etc. Avot 320. You need to speak a great deal with me, and God is my hope that you will be able to draw forth words from my heart, words which emanate from your grandfather, the holy and awesome Rav, which will really inspire your soul forever. Also, in the physical realm, in connection with your livelihood and all that you lack, his words will always help you, for they are alive and enduring, and they are effective for every person, especially for his holy descendants. May God have compassion on you and on all your children. May you merit to gaze upon the rock from which you were hewn, to understand from afar his greatness and holiness, to accustom yourself to follow his holy pathways, and to constantly draw close to those who nurse from his holy teachings. Then you and your children will enjoy good forever. May God grant salvation that you may merit this, in order that you may always enjoy good. It is impossible to continue any longer. The words of your true friend who loves you heart and soul and who prays for you, Nussan, the same. This letter missed the post and was not sent on Wednesday. You should now know that today, Thursday, of Torah reading for Eira, I am ready to set out, God willing, to Medvedevka. It is agreed among those of us here that I must return here again for Shabbat Torah reading Bo, and afterwards I will travel with God's help to Teravitsa, so you will understand for yourself how to proceed with your letters. Do not be upset, my son, about my being delayed here for so long. It is all from God and for the best. You should also know, my son, that what I wrote about your having frightened me was simply the result of a mistake that I made in my reading of your letter. What you meant was that you cannot decide if you should write to Reb Nachman in Yasi about the project and the scare. At the time, I was extremely busy and I thought you were writing about these things. I subsequently read your letter again after the post left and I understood what you meant. Then I was very pained about upsetting you for no reason. But at that point, it was impossible to rectify. You can learn from this, though, that most of your many other fears are also over nothing. The world is a narrow bridge, and we must cross it. The main thing is not to be afraid at all. There is an enormous amount to say about this. May God always bring you and me to joy. The time for the Shema and the morning prayers has arrived. May I merit to pray properly and in accordance with everything that I wrote you. For every person could certainly pray all his life with the teachings and hints that I wrote about. Names of Tanaim and Amoraim, Mem. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Mari Bar Rav Bizna, Mari Bar Avua, Rav Mari Bar Mar, Rav Mari, Rav Mari Bar Rav Chista, Mari Bar Rav Huna Bar Rabbi Yirmiya Bar Abba, Mari Bar Isak, there were two, Rav Mari Bar Isur Giora, Rav Mari Bar Rachel Bat Shmuel, Rav Mari Breder Rav Kahana, Mari Bar Mar Ukva, Rav Mari Breder Rav Ashi, Abba Mar Breder Rav Papa, Abba Mari Resh Galuta, Abba Mari, Abba Mari Achua de Rabbi Yosei, Marianuka Umar Kashisha Bnei Rav Chizda, Mar Bereid Ravina, Mar Bereid Rav Yosef, Mar Kashisha Bereid Rava, Mar Bar Yishmael, Mar, Mar Bar Acha Bereid Rava, Mar Bar Rav Ada Bar Ahava, Mar Bar Idai, Mar Bar Amemar, Mar Bar Rav Ashi, Mar Bar Rav Ashi who sealed the Talmud, and Tavumi also sealed, Mar Bereid Rav Sama Bar Rav Ashi, Mar Bar Hamduri, Mar Bar Chia, Mari Tava Mibug. Magbila Achuid Rabbi Acha Bar Koin, Rabbi Muna, Rabbi Muna Bar Tanchum, Munbaz, Rabbi Machasia Bar Idi, Mati, Rabbi Miyasha, Rabbi Miyasha Bar Bered Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi, Rabbi Miyasha, Rabbi Miyasha Bar Yirmiya, Rabbi Mishon Bar Nagra, Malai, father of Rabbi Elazar, 
Rabbi Maluch Arvaa, Rav Malkia, Rav Malkio, Rav Mamin, Rabbi Mana, Rabbi Mana Bartanchum, Rabbi Mana Dishaav, Rabbi Mana Bitsiporin, Rabbi Manaa, Rabbi Minaman, Rabbi Minhama Barzera, Rabbi Minhama, Rabbi Mani Ditsor, Rav Mani Bered Rabbi Yona, Rabbi Mani, Rabbi Mani Bar Patish, Rabbi Mani Bar Chilkia, Menachem Chavero Shalhilel, Menachem Ben Signa, Rav Menachem, Rabbi Menachem Rabbi Sima, Rabbi Menachem Ben Kafri, Rabbi Menachem Achua de Rabbi Gurion, Rabbi Menachem de Mingalia, Menachem Yudfa'a, Rabbi Menachem Ben Gufta, Rabbi Menachem Ishkvar Sha'arim, Rabbi Menachem Bar Tanchum, Rabbi Menachem Ben Mavsima Achui de Yonatan Kufa, Rabbi Menachem Ben Napach, Rabbi Menachem Talmaya, Rabbi Menachem Chatanei de Rabbi Elazar Baravuna, Rabbi Menachma, Menachem de Rabbi Prayer number three, Lekutim Oran two, three. God is the true healer. Healer of the sick of your nation, the Jewish people, the true healer, the faithful and compassionate healer. Have compassion on us and on your entire nation, the house of Israel, and protect us from physicians and doctors. In your vast compassion, always send the recovery before the disease. Guard us and rescue us so that we never experience any disease, discomfort, or pain at all. Even when you send us some illness or discomfort, heaven forbid, in accordance with the decree of your holy and true judgment, please, compassionate one, in your vast compassion, guard us and rescue us so that we will not err, heaven forbid, and place ourselves in the hands of doctors and physicians, heaven forbid, for they are all idolatrous, they are altogether vanity. You know the truth, that there is no doctor, not even a skilled expert, who knows how to truly and properly heal illness and discomfort. No doctor is skilled and wise enough to know which particular medicine heals a sick person in accordance with the decree of your judgment. That a sick person can be healed only by such and such a person, such and such a drug, and on such and such a day. It is absolutely impossible for the sick person to be healed except by means of these particular causes that were decreed for his healing. And who, no matter how wise, can know all of this? And worse... Most doctors lack the knowledge of individualized medicine and are not truly experts in the science of healing. Medicine is a deep wisdom with many endless divisions, so that in most cases a person cannot truly understand it. With a slight movement, doctors cause much damage and harm. At times they damage more than they rectify. They kill and murder people with their own hands. How many people have succumbed because of them? More people have died because of doctors than have died naturally, as is known to you, Master of all. The honest doctors themselves admit that it is impossible to know this wisdom clearly. They admit without shame that it is better to refrain from healing procedures. Master of the world, you who are filled with compassion, creator of remedies, master of wonders, you know that the world has sunk a great deal into the error of taking remedies for days and years, so that it is difficult to bring people out of this confused state. In particular, When such people suffer greatly, may the compassionate one protect us. They deliver themselves into the hands of doctors to seek healing and medicine for their illness. But in most cases, their hope is dashed, and the doctor cannot remove their pains, except when, due to your mighty compassion and kindness, your compassion rises to remove their pains and bandage their wounds. Therefore, I have come before you, you who are filled with compassion, the true healer, Have compassion on us and help our hearts always understand that if we or anyone in our family needs healing, heaven forbid, 
We should not go to doctors, but only seek the face of Hashem always. Making a pidyon nefesh. Strengthen our hearts to believe and trust in you and in your true tzaddikim and those who fear you. Help us and save us so that we will always give money for the redemption of our souls. At every moment, send us worthy people who are truly God-fearing, who will have the ability to make a pidyon nefesh with the money that we give them, so that the judgment regarding us, our children, and our families will be sweetened by the pidyon nefesh that these people will perform on our behalf. Be filled with compassion for us. Heal us completely, a healing of the soul and a healing of the body. Heal us, Hashem, and we will be healed. Save us, and we will be saved, for you are our praise. Bring complete healing to all of our wounds, pains, and diseases, and in particular to the sick person, Hebrew name, the son or daughter of mother's Hebrew name, for you are a faithful and compassionate God, King, and Healer. We do not rely on any doctor's remedy, but on you alone. God, in your vast compassion and great kindness, please heal us, for you alone know the great suffering and pain of all those who experience disease and pain. You who are filled with compassion, have compassion on them and do not hide your face from them. Watch them and look after them in their suffering and pain. Compassionately heal them, strengthen them and revive them swiftly and easily. May the verse be realized, Hashem will remove from you every disease and all the evil illnesses of Egypt that you knew He will not place upon you. He will place them upon all your enemies. And the verse states, You will serve Hashem your God and He will bless your bread and your water and I will remove disease from your midst. And the verse states, And he said, If you listen to the voice of Hashem your God, and do that which is straight in his eyes, and listen to his commandments, and guard all his laws, all the diseases that I placed in Egypt I will not place upon you, for I am Hashem your healer. Amen. So may it be his will.